Reverend Jennifer, is anybody there? Reverend Jennifer, this is Barry. Hey, Barry. How's it going? Oh, I'm here. <laughs> and uh, are you at home tonight? I'm at home in New Hampshire. Eurydice mm-hmm. is at home in Brookline, Massachusetts. Wow. Oh. She's kind of a bit under the weather. Ah. Yeah, and how is the weather? Uh, here it's in the teens. There's snow on the ground. Uh, there was spectacular full moon type stuff. The sun is rising almost in the south at about 8.15 in the morning. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like Southern California. <laughs> yeah, I know we're, we've been having, everybody's been having a bit odd weather. We we had some rain here, which is really great. I love it when it rains. I just am so, because I grew up in the Midwest and the East Coast, so when it rains it feels so nurturing to me. But we've had temperatures down in the 30s. Wow. At night in the 40s, and so for us that's quite cool. And um, it's it's always funny to me that when the weather is even in the upper 40s, and I say to somebody, "How are you doing?" They're like, "Well, I'm good considering this cold weather." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's in the you know mid 50s, so <laughs> it's all relative. And um, oh. Hang on a second. I, uh, talk amongst yourselves, please. Venerable's calling me on my cell phone. Hi, Venerable. I am very good. How are you? <laughs> Aha. And you're, let's just make sure you're using the correct number. So the c- mm-hmm. it's being used by somebody else. See, other people are joining occasionally. Weird things happen, um, and you've called a few times. Just enter one pound. Just enter one pound. You're welcome. Okay. Okay, she has uh, Venerables having a little trouble getting through on the line. Sometimes the talk shoe system um, gets a little funky occasionally. Yeah, it was a number of minutes of silence before the bells rang and said you're connected. Oh. Yeah. Now that's a new one. Well, (laughs) 
That's what I got. So it's always good to hear you, especially after a pause like that. Yeah. Well, I do know that um, for those who uh, are astrologically minded, Mercury comes out of retrograde and goes direct right around now. So um, hopefully that works to our benefit, as all things do. And... But she, I would think she would be in. Yes, I did get in. Phew. Yeah. (laughs) I'm talking with Barry, and Barry said he, uh, when he was calling, there was a long uh, silence between the time he entered the code and the time he entered the call. Is that right, Barry? Yeah, until the bells rang and said you're being connected. (laughs) Well, good to hear your voice, Barry. Wonderful. Wonderful to hear you. So we're um, we're just getting underway, and I haven't done a roll call yet. And since um, there are a little uh, technical issues, I know um, for me personally, this period of Mercury retrograde has been intense. But we're just coming out of it now. So let's um, shall we just see who's on the line? Anybody want to say hello and where you're calling from? Hello, it's Margaret calling from Maine. Hello, Venerable. Hello, Margaret. Hmm, yeah. Anybody else want to say hello and where you're calling from? This is Carrie calling from Los Angeles. Good evening, Carrie. Good evening. Hi, Rev. Jennifer and Venerable. This is Helene from Los Angeles. Hello, Helene. Hi there. And this is Bev from Ontario. Hello, Bev. Hello. Hey, Bev. <laughs> Good evening, Venerable. This is Shan. From Good Los- evening, Shan. Hi. Anybody else want to say hello and where you're calling from? Uh, Barry in New Hampshire, I will mute out at this point. Okay. So uh, as Barry's brought up that topic of muting, it makes for a much cleaner and quieter call if folks can um, mute out when Venerable is speaking. When uh, she takes questions and you have a question, then you can unmute. And the quietest way for the system is if you can locate your silent mute button on your phone. If you can't find that, then you can always use star six, uh, star six to mute or unmute. It works both ways. And and last minute, anybody there that wants to Say hello and where you're calling from. All right. Well, shall I start us off with a blessing? How wonderful. Okay. Mm, So let's take a breath together. So grateful, so thankful right now 
to tune into this present moment, awake, aware, receptive, available, opening our hearts and opening our minds, anchoring in the awareness of the oneness of all life. So grateful and thankful for Venerable's life, for the blessing that her life is. So grateful to make ourselves available to receive from this great givingness, this great givingness of wisdom flowing through Venerable Dahani Wahoo. In grace and gratitude, we bless her life and the teaching that she offers us. We accept it fully, gratefully. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. And we joyfully let it be. Amen. Amen. May this conversation, may it remind each one that wisdom is our natural state. And may that wisdom be expressed as ever more skillful methods that bring about realization for all those we know. The idea of 22 dimensions is uh, being explored by mystics and physicists as well. From the mystical perspective, we can look to the 22 gates of Jerusalem, the 22 energy centers through the body which connect us with more subtle realms and from the perspective of sacred geometry, we can consider the cube as a tesseract and perceive multiple dimensions occurring simultaneously. In terms of personal exploration, I've noted that through the heart center and the spiraling energies that arise, uh, becoming like a rainbow torus ring. There is a connection to myriad realms. And the fourth dimension, that of time and mind, uh, in some mystery schools has been connected with the astral realm, uh, where there is a collection of the emotions and emotional patterns of individuals and the collective human family. Through the heart, we may access the many realms of what some would call divine. When we think of string theory, the tenth dimension has uh, wrapped within it uh, all dimensions. And certainly, through the heart, we have direct access to the wisdom of every realm. This person that we call ourself is a collection of emotions and vibrations that's uh, in harmony with the planet Earth and our solar system, and also an outgrowth of our belief systems, what we understand about the nature of reality. Uh, our understanding in terms of thought, uh, has its limitations. Yet in the direct experience of the heart, each of us may directly access 
those 22 dimensions of what is wisdom when we we can visualize the uh, nesting of these 22 dimensions uh, at the heart center, spiraling energies, galaxies, clockwise and counterclockwise, from the center, which is emitted a blue-white jet, uh, giving rise to the appearance of a rainbow torus ring. So through each person's heart center, we have direct connection with the universe arising from the potential of mind is also the experience of the body and so this would relate to the solar plexus center and a mysterious center above the heart known as the thymus also arising from each of these chakras are rainbow torus rings the torus rings are spiraling energy threads of energy, energy potential. And in the center of our heart, we have access to the many realms that exist. Through contemplation of the fourth dimension, the idea of time, where I've been, where I am, and where I'm going, one begins to unravel the secret of time and space. So the child that you were yesterday still sings a song in the dark, and the wise elder that you are in the future shares that wisdom with people in, their, in that time. So in this present moment, we may access the past, the present, and future. In terms of integrating the wisdom potential of our lives on a psychological level. We consider those moments where perhaps in the moment of being startled or in a car accident, some part of our consciousness uh, shut off and may be left in that space. Uh, the concept of ghost is also related to the fourth dimension where the unintegrated emotions of a, a surprising moment continue to echo again and again and to realize one's unified state is to call that part of self that has uh, stood beside the side of the road uh, after an accident to integrate those moments back into the now and allow those emotions to express uh, understanding that, yes, uh, some accident has occurred and we continue to live. In these moments of shock, one often leaps from the physical awareness into an understanding that there are subtle beings that support us, and you might say they are uh, beings of the six realms, angelic realms, wise adawis, who stand beside us and protect us. Uh, in some religions, referred to as guardian angels, 
Are we separate from those guardian angels, or are they not an aspect of ourselves? In terms of integrating the experiences of life, one gathers those moments back to heart. Another example of creating an additional timeline for our experiences when we make a commitment and for whatever reason are not able to keep that commitment. And uh, this, we started something and there they are hanging out in space and not completing it. And in a sense, this distracts from one's ability to accomplish in the now. So the wise practitioner and observing one's own mind and emotions invites those incomplete thoughts to come back to the heart so that we may dedicate our activity in this moment to accomplishing our life purpose. The life purpose is recorded in the spiraling energy of the rainbow torus ring arising from the heart and also replicated in the DNA of our own bodies. So the wisdom of our ancestors also sings out in our lifetime today and we in this moment may transform the uncertainty of our ancestors by recognizing what is. For example, perhaps your ancestors came from another country and they were not certain about the ability to arrive safely at the shore of the new world. And how do we support them in overcoming that uncertainty is by acknowledging the grace of ourselves standing at the shore in this moment. So, in a sense, what our ancestors have heard, what they've tasted, have also become our appetite in the moment. The foods that we eat, they make a connection with our DNA and uh, invite our taste to seek more of those similar foods, and we see the comfort in eating family dishes. When we eat something that is an old family recipe, we are uh, sharing in the taste and the experience of our ancestors, and also our diet is echoing into the future, and those who have biological children also um, leave a key in the DNA of the next generation that has the acquired taste for particular foods. So taste is but one of the senses, also the experience of our ancestors in terms of safety or not safety is echoed in our lives in the present through uh, certainty or anxiety. And the, the danger experienced by our ancestors who perhaps were refugees wandering, 
gives us the impulse to create a place of sanctuary in this moment. So the voices of our ancestors do continually sing through us, and also the voices uh, become the, the family and national patterns that we see displayed in uh, nations and political arenas today. So the healing of the human family begins in the heart of each of us as we are willing to uh, pacify those senses of aggression and fear by acknowledging that in this moment we have safety and dedicating our experience of safety that others may also reach ashore free from confusion and find sanctuary. So in some religions, people pray, particularly in Mormonism, people pray for the ancestors so that whatever was their anxiety, their separation from the realization of their divine state, that that anxiety may dissolve into an understanding that each one is directly connected to what may call divine or what one may call wisdom. In uh, growing up, we learned the importance of our word, that what we spoke set into motion where we were going and what we thought set into motion, what we are becoming. And so uh, many have not grown up with this, and so the anxiety or the uncertainty of the past may echo in the moment. And the wise person considers purifying that anxiety by addressing the ideal of what we wish to accomplish. A simple exercise is to imagine yourself in many tourist rings, 22, one within the other, and the past, present, future, and the hyper-dimensions of your being are also expressed in these 22 Taurus rings. In um, the mystical Christianity of the Moravians, it was thought that by examining the heart, one would recognize the intact connection with the divine. The 22 gates can be expressed as our physical chakras and the subtle chakras that relate with the planet, the sun, our galaxy, and the very heart of the universe. And so we learned a meditation that basically envisions stars above our heads, 21 stars, with their cascading waves of rainbow light flowing through the crown center, we are in continuous conversation with the many realms of our existence. 
So the person who is sitting here in the moment is also inseparable from great awakened beings. We can consider those awakened beings as uh, wise people who have gone on, angels, or we may recognize ourselves as inseparable from those awakened beings. An example of connecting with that awakened state is to know that it is within us and to energize its expression in our lives through the training of our speech and our thought. So, energizing the ideal gives rise to the recognition of ourselves as inseparable from that ideal. Is any one of us a distinct and separate being? Uh, in truth, we are related relatives to one another, and the very form that arises is relative to the dream. What is the dream? We might say it is the ultimate awakened state of potential, and that potential is expressed in our lives according to where we place our attention. When our attention is on the threads that connect us, the understanding that wisdom is a seed potential in every moment, with that understanding, the many aspects or the overtones of one's appearance of individuation reveals that we are multidimensional beings and that each person is a relative to another. Another way we experience this sense of relationship is through the movement of energy. That energy potential, it uh, records, receives, and disseminates information. A simple example would be when you cut one plant in a room, other plants in the room will get excited. Um, how do they know? Through what medium is that information shared? Uh, that medium, it is mind, it is consciousness, it is the energy potential that some would refer to as the divine. Um, it is also beyond conception, that field in which we all live. Uh, how is it beyond conception when yet we attempt to speak of it? Because our words do not encapsulate it, our words speak of it describe it, and it is through the experience of the heart that we know we are one in the field. So imagine for a moment that you are in a canoe in the middle of a lake, and you have placed a paddle into the water, and you see ripples circling out. Those ripples are an example, 
of how one person touches another and how also every being is connected in that field. So in terms of a therapeutic model, we invite ourselves to return to an aha moment in our childhood. Contemplate some moment when you understood, ah, I am one with the water, the trees, and the wind. In contemplating that moment, we are reaffirming our connection with the universe, and we are affirming our connection with multiple realms of understanding. The child of the past in that direct perception of things as they are is also the parent of the wise being you have become. And that understanding, like the musical gift of Mozart, it is something that you have come with. It is not disseminated by another. It is actually a seed within each of us. And so we bring our attention to the ideal. What is it in our religious training we think of the ideal of being a kind person, a righteous person, uh, a person that expresses truth. And that kind person is our inclination. What are the uh, ripples that appear to obscure that kind wisdom state? They are but reactions and ripples in the field. And when we see them as such, having arisen from the field, they are also not separate from wisdom. So we look within at the energy of self-preservation. The body itself, the cells, have an inclination to go on. We see the miracles of people who overcome incredible strife, incredible physical uh, danger, and continue to live. What impels them to go forth? Uh, the wisdom of the body-mind impels us to grow and to explore. And occasionally, the concept of I begins to believe it is alone and separate and further separates itself with a wall of I am this or that and the forgetfulness that the very heart of the universe has given a rise to this dream we call I. And I begins to defend itself. I am this, I am that. And ultimately, those concepts dissolve because what we think we are is continually changing and is part of a dance of relationship with the elements. So our emotions are like a canoe moving us through the field. 
and also our emotions as they are illuminated reveal that we have not ever been separated from the awakened state. So considering yourself in a rainbow Taurus ring surrounded by 21 others, for a moment explore the different perception of those rainbow Taurus rings. You have a sense of possible futures, a sense of where you have come from. And as you sit within the heart of those rainbow Taurus rings, consider that wisdom is your natural state. Mother of wisdom, father of action, child of bliss, our offerings are made. We dedicate our body, speech, and action to actualizing that wisdom potential within ourselves and all relations. As we explore the fourth rainbow Taurus ring rising from the heart, consider the circle of emotions, consider the patterns of relationship, observe how we call friends and foes into our lives. The concept of other, the concept of them and us, gives rise to thought forms that seek to perpetuate themselves, and they become the ghosts of our minds, the echoes of what might have been, could have been, should have been, and we expand to the fifth rainbow Taurus ring. There are, we are relatives in this dance. How wonderful. And the sixth rainbow Taurus ring, it reveals the ideal of awakened human activity.
let us observe what is our potential as awakened human beings and choose to energize that ideal to be expressed in all our activities. Ah, seventh rainbow Taurus ring, the earth, our solar system, in communication. How wonderful. The light of the sun nurturing our endocrine glands. The sun's grace, information about our natural luminous state. How wonderful. Beyond the sun. Myriad realms. Conscious planets, galaxies, worlds arising, beings, humanoids like us, exploring the potential of the field. And all this is arising within our hearts. From the heart of our galaxies come great waves of energy reminding us that we are multiple dimensional beings. Experience the many dimensions of one's perception. Cascading waves of rainbow light move through us. Photons absorbed by the spiraling DNA of our physical form. Support our awakened state. And for this we are grateful. And again we dedicate our speech and action that all may recall this natural wisdom state. Contemplate one duodecahedron inside another. Uh, 
one from each face of those duodecahedrons, a, a point grows, becoming a 22-pointed star. Wonderful. Around the candelabra composed of eight arms, visualize a duodecahedron. unlocks your connection with the mysteries of life. How wonderful. Understanding this we may contemplate our future as a human family, considering the threads of energy moving through galaxies and realms that echo within our hearts. the sound of the universe's celebration. All visualizations dissolve one into the other into the rainbow tourist ring around the heart. and into the blue light yet. Mm -hmm. 
in a flash we see the ways in which we may apply our direct experience through the activities in our lives. This conversation is infused with my mother's journey. She's in the process of leaving this earth. And at this point, she hears very well. Her speech has left, yet her eyes watch. The sacred sound of universes arising is also the sound that carries us to the shore. In the Hot Sutra, it is said, Gate, Gate, Para Gate, Para Sangate, Bodhiswaha. Gate, Gate, Para Gate, Para Sangate, Bodhiswaha. May all beings reach the shore, free from illusion. And this concludes the lecture part of our conversation and experience practice part of our conversation. And now I am open to your questions. You can star six to unmute and ask Venerable a question. Well, I know one thing I... uh, you brought up at the beginning about how the Mormons pray for their ancestors and those who went before. And I I have a habit when I think of my mother, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles who have made their transition that I uh, simply say, bless them, mm-hmm. bless them. And, um, and I think of them that any suffering that they may have appeared to have in this lifetime that it was complete. I just hold that thought in my mind that they're free now and bless them. Yes. And I I guess I'm wondering if there's any more practice or any higher way to hold it and to um, bless them further. When we consider those who've gone on before uh, with awareness of their struggles, we can see that they have understood and learned and they now rest in their natural state of luminosity. Uh, Also, by transforming the echoes of their experience in our own uh, mind action, we also free our ancestors of what was confusing in the past 
by the understanding that is recognized in the moment. Because in the ultimate view, we are not separate. Uh, they are us and we are them. And our awakening is also their awakening. So always living in that space of sharing the benefits of our healing, our learning, our expansion with everyone. Yes, that dedication is the greatest medicine. <laughs> mm. That all beings benefit. Thank you so much. Mm. Anybody else have a question for Venerable? This is Barry. I have a comments and questions. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be your mother hears and knows that her daughter really has a job. Yes, I think she does. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as I was waiting through the silence to be connected, I was jotting down some reflections on my day at work saying, it is necessary to create a permeable membrane, you know, like harvesting the wood for the winter and tapping the trees in the spring. And Mm -hmm. as you were talking about contemplating the duodecahedrons one within another and the bases, the 22-pointed stars growing, I had this image of the the landscape here, and um, you know, I mean, things developing is beyond conception, and so um, we can sort of conceive we should try to be in line with what's what's sacred and what's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thought in the in the last several days, I've been saying to myself. It's really weird, but I experience myself like I've always been a Jew. And mm-hmm. then I say, well, wait a minute. You know, we're all kinds of people in all kinds of places and all kinds of lives. But there, there was this peculiar sense, like uh, it always seemed to me that that's been who I've been. It was, it was very helpful to uh, try to uh, travel along with, with your speech this evening. Yes. The sense of the past is very much the present. And the families, clans, communities that we are born into, uh, we have been, from beginning with time, part of those communities. As the ripples to explore arose, we became a ripple of a name, an idea. So before it had the name of Judaism, we were still the idea that became the culture 
and the communities that we are born into. So the sense of the DNA voices of our ancestors becomes even more uh, apparent because their experience, their lessons, uh, carry us in this moment and ultimately we are not separate from them. And that is why I was so insistent that you respond to your grandmothers. Because you make a connection with the wise beings of your past who are in truth not separate from the wise being that you are. Like the Dalai Lama, he often says that one does not need to change, uh, that Buddhism is a mind science, and to understand your family of origin is a great understanding. And then as you understand the family, you also recognize the one taste, and you then call upon the methods that best express your ripple in time and space of that one taste. Uh, one time I think you said after I was chopping wood, you put you made a circle with your finger over your eye. You said, "One taste, rest, and let the five elements nurture you." Mm-hmm. Yes, because the element of the wood, it is the ability to synthesize the experiences of our multiple dimensional being and also the element of the fire is the heart's essence and the ripple that arises to explore. And the air is the energy to think, to consider, to bring forth. And the water is that natural pristine state from whence we've never separated and always reminds us to come home, and the earth a sacred dance ground, how precious and wonderful it is to have the gift of life and to explore as an individual and to share that exploration back into the field that all may recall our incredible potential as explorers and our promise to share that exploration back into the field. And the carrier wave that brings the information back is the energy of love. It's magnetic.
Thank you again. Mm-hmm. Vincent, as you are um, working with the energies of transformation in regards to our ancestors, and um, you're deeply in the process of that, and at the same time hearing the voices of the children in the future, can you speak about how energetically you work with that? Well, it's it's pretty amazing. Um, great-grandchildren who've never met my father have his mannerisms. Great and grandchildren who've not met my grandmother have her features as well as mannerisms. So the dream of those who have gone on before is echoed in the children of the present. And as a, a grandparent, I energize their wisdom and their accomplishments as they continue that exploration that began so long ago. So on the lower level of the home, where I am right now, my mother is in her process of transition. And here I was upstairs with the great-grandchildren doing homework. And one of the girls said to me, you know, I look like you, and I look in the mirror, and I can see you and your friends. I said, yes, I know. I feel you when you're doing that. So what is she saying to me? She's saying we're connected, and I can feel the connection, whether you are here or on the, in Vermont. And so when we have the opportunity to have friendships, relationships with others, it is wonderful to acknowledge our connections and to see the wisdom potential in those young folks uh, as a continuing song and that we are appearing separate and certainly individuated in exploring certain ways of the universe. And we are still united in the field. So the people we meet, in a sense, they are echoes of people we've met before because our mind consciousness in its exploration uh, responds and generates certain tones and uh, family groups and community groups that we can explore even more deeply the potential that arise from space. And we just honor that wisdom in each one. Is that helpful? It is helpful. I have the uh, question of how does that unfold with the 
for us or even the 22 dimensions? Uh, sometimes it feels that we are not separated. So the echoes of my father expressed in my great-grandson are a reminder that we may be looking as individuals Yet there are frequencies that carry us through the universe. And are we separate? I think not. Then there arises the question of uh, choice points where we may have, we've reached a fork in the road and we've gone in one direction and there's still the potential of that other direction that echoes through our consciousness. And something I learned from the Hopi was the importance of integrating those possibilities, gathering wisdom from those juncture points where we've taken a different path. So one path might have been to a cliff, you still integrate the knowledge of that cliff. So as you're integrating that, you're also helping transform for the future generations a new path or a new consciousness. Yes, by our willingness and our mindfulness and uh skillfully transforming the illusion that we are separate, that there is uh, a them and an us, we are also energizing the potential of the skills to come forward in next generation to, to live uh, harmoniously as human beings exploring the field of mind. When we think about how we meet, uh, we meet because we've met before. Does that mean it is a fixed universe and that we are without free will? I think not. It means that we are exploring similar ways. And when we have the sense of Having met before, it's the memory of our individuated experience with one another and also the realization that we are riding the same wave. Goodness. 
Well, I have another question, if no one has a question. And uh, you spoke of transformation, and I also often think of transmutation and transcendence. Mm-hmm. And I understand, at least I think I do, <laughs> the differences between transformation, transmutation, and transcendence. And I am wondering, is there a one that is more expansive, more beneficial, or can, is there anything you can offer about these three to help me? Mm-hmm. Be more mindful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Transcendence is awareness beyond the concept of I, an awareness of connection. Transmutation is the uh, changing of those ideas and thoughts and activities that obscure your wisdom state that you may recognize those appearances as inseparable from your ideal awakened nature. On transformation and uh, transfiguration are the recognition of yourself as light. So transmutation is taking the poisons of the ego experience or the poisons of life experience, some of which may be sorrowful, and uh, finding the energy potential for growth and change. For example, I've heard some of the children say, if someone tells me I can't do something, I show them that I can. So that's a a little kid's transformation, like a teacher will say, oh, that's too difficult for you. And that just gives the impulse to show, yeah, I can figure this out. Um, Also, transmutation in terms of the alchemical process of awakening communication within the energy centers, it is the recognition that what appears as poison when illumined with the light of awareness becomes an elixir of wisdom and understanding. Transform, transmute, transfigure. So would you say that for many of us in our lives, the cultivating the awareness and the ability to transmute is more preferable than transcending? Well, certainly it is more compassionate because transcendence is a, can be the personal reawakening 
the transformation can be the reawakening of many, and the transformation can be the realignment of consciousness, speech, and action with what is liberating and beneficial for all. So when we transmute uh, the the experience that feels like poison into the one that feels like medicine, then we can share the benefits. And we do whether we consciously acknowledge it or not, but when we consciously acknowledge, ah, yes, I'm now, I would like to share this medicine. As you say many times, the children who were um, uh, hurt, grow up to be the ones who write the laws to protect the children, mm-hmm. these kinds of things. That's, that's a transmutation of the experience, whereas if we're transcending it, it's, um, I don't even know if I can articulate it, but there's a sense of, of moving beyond it and not necessarily sharing that wisdom with everyone. Yes. And that's the difference between uh, a Buddha or a Pratyaka Buddha. One is enlightenment for oneself alone, and the other is enlightenment for the benefit of all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, thank you. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's an incredible article, and it's a... I'll give you the site for it. It's the site is forbiddenknowledgetv.com backslash page backslash six zero five eight dot html. And the question asked is uh, one that is like a question that I would ask as a kid and still still ask. <laughs> Can the air your parents and grandparents breathed, the food they ate, even the things they saw directly, affect you decades later, despite your never having experienced these things yourself? Epigenetics say yes. And this is a documentary, The Ghost in Your Genes. says biology stands on the brink of a shift in the understanding of inheritance. And so as I was being driven to the airport, I had a conversation with the lady who was driving me about uh, the voices of our ancestors echoing through our minds. And she was reflecting on how she saw that in her family dynamic. And then uh, when I arrived in California, uh, someone sent me uh, information about this site. And I said, oh, isn't that amazing? Uh, So the question of yesterday's experiences, first we think of them as familial behaviors and cultural behaviors. How are they passed down? And through the light of experience, they are recorded 
within our genes and played through our hearts until we dedicate ourselves to awakening and the transformation of ignorance and suffering for the benefit of all beings. So dedication is most important. Dedicating ourselves to actualizing that seed of wisdom awareness and skillfully expressing it in what we do for the benefit of all beings in this and all worlds. That is a most fine motivation. Well, Venerable, don't you feel that um, this path of awakening that um, many years ago a lot of people explored generational knowledge through psychology, mm-hmm. through a more intellectual field. Mm-hmm. And now, in my own experience, uh, working with it on a very deep heart level where you can almost find in your body the areas that hold the memory. Mm-hmm. And it's so, in a way, for me, at least personally, has been such a almost relief to know, to see the uh, generational threads because I thought, oh, it's not just me. You know, this is dream that I was born into and that I've come into and incarnated into. And so, how wonderful. It, it took it out of the personal, mm-hmm. in a way. Does that make any sense? Yep. I've been feeling that very strongly. Like, some days I'll even be eating something, and I'll have a memory of my grandmother eating something very similar. Or, you know, it seemed like, and I thought what I was experiencing initially was just stepping out of time and space in some way, but now listening to this teaching tonight, I'm understanding that it's a deeper sense of connection through my heart of And it is also moving through time and space. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Like in the Asian steps, I played a drum, and someone exploring another road understood the same song in the context of a different cultural view. And so we explore in the present and look at the ways in which we may benefit others. Because we are many places at once, 
And when our motivation is strong, then and we may benefit others, we we are seen. I think I've shared with this group how, as a teenager, I wasn't uh, permitted to do many things. So I found that I could stay in my room and send myself to many places to see how other people were doing things in the world. And my uh, great aunts would call my father and say, I saw her there, I saw her there, you should... uh, know that she's going these places, but she's in her room. She hasn't left the house. And the power, with the great grants, I call it the power of imagination. With our minds, we go anywhere. And with our minds, we are generating anywhere. And this understanding is very important now as we have an incredible influx of energy uh, for a a new chapter in the human family's understanding. uh, What we energize and visualize, a world of awakened beauty, it begins in our hearts and, of course, our speech and action. And so the transformation of anger in one's own life into compassion for those who are caught in a cycle of anger, that they may also find the antidote of compassion and skillful action. So the emotions are also a vehicle of our understanding and can reveal our awakened potential. So on on a very basic level, when a child is crying, you croon to them and hug them, and then they're not afraid, or they're not disturbed. And so the sound of our emotions and how we dedicate the awakened expression of that unfolding to the benefit of everyone, like the changes of the law made by those lawyers who as children were hit by sticks, uh, we change and energize the future that we wish. To believe in the small view is to be caught, and perhaps just four of the dimensions. Once we recognize that we are uh, unified beings, 
then the fifth dimension and others become understandable. And, and there are some, many scientists who understand this. And some of the experiments uh, of mind uh, transference were used to, uh, in the past to cause illness in world leaders by other world leaders. Um, then they found there was bounce back. And so that mindset began to change. Is clear? Um, there's, there's a book, it's interesting, it's called Entangled Minds, and it, uh, it basically recounts the different experiments um, uh, by governments and universities um, with mind transference. And the ultimate learning is the spiritual awakening that what occurs in one heart echoes and affects every heart. No matter how much one contrives to create a small bubble of hours, ultimately that small bubble uh, is dissolved in the awareness of all of us, all one, arising from one source. So a ripple may be a group, yet each ripple has arisen from one sound. Hi, Joyce. I'm good. I'll be there shortly. Um, so this conversation, I think, will leave each of us with um, uh, deep thoughts and deep questions. And I invite you to explore the visualizations and also uh, create tests for yourselves. But how do I know if an energy is changed? Uh, simply by having plants, giving them love, and uh, putting some outside, ignoring them, shows you that love is more productive. So I invite you each to create your own test, because it's uh, about understanding. It's beyond belief, it's just understanding. Oh, I thank you, Jennifer, for facilitating these phone calls, and I thank each of you on the line for the opportunity to explore. And may the wisdom potential within each being flourish and grow and come forward as ever more skillful methods 
Where there is the sound of war, may there arise the sound of mediation and reconciliation, where there are cries of hunger. May the fields come forth abundantly, where there are refugees wandering, may they find sanctuary. May all beings have happiness, and may we all create the causes of happiness. So you have a good night. Thank you, Venerable. And before we end the call, I'd like to invite uh, those who uh, know the Long Life Prayer to um, join with me. And, Shan, I'm going to ask you to, to lead it with us. Great Lady of the Buddha family, who holds the sacred in the lotus grove of the teaching of the practice lineage. You are the glory of the Buddha's teachings and of sentient beings. Blessed of the Vajra Dakini. May your life, Dahani Oahu, ever remain firm and long. Wado, have a good night. We have dream class. Let us continue this conversation. Yes. Wado, see you in the light. See you in the light.